You are listening to FPEA Connects, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to FPEA Connects. Today's host is Suzanne Nunn. Suzanne is an active homeschool mom serving homeschool families in both her local community and across the state. She also serves as chairman of FPEA, Florida's statewide homeschooling association. FPEA serves thousands of homeschool families in Florida, delivering a wealth of support, guidance, and information to both new and longtime home educators. Please join us as we seek to encourage you in your homeschool journey and help you stay connected to all things homeschooling in the Sunshine State. Welcome to episode number 62 of FPEA Connects. I'm Suzanne, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. I'm here with Sharon, and we are going to be talking about something very important to Florida, our wild Florida, um, on this podcast. So let me give you a little bit of background. Sharon and I have been spending quite a bit of time working on our Florida History Adventure plus bundles and what that is and you can go back and find previous podcasts that go into a great amount of detail but basically what that is is um fpa's effort to provide some florida history along with some um, good ideas for road trips and connecting our members with some great resources Mm -hmm. to study florida history Mm -hmm. and so we've had a lot of fun doing that we've done uh, you know, our basic Florida symbols and the things that um, have been created to represent Florida, the early history before it was settled um, and claimed as a state. And then we've also done um, in our last history bundle, we did um, sugarcane and Seminoles. And we had a lot of um, fun talking about Cluiston in our previous podcast and all of the history surrounding that area and the growth of the sugarcane. And um, this month, our history adventure bundle is about cattle and citrus, the citrus industry in Florida. So today, Sharon, we're going to talk a little bit about the citrus industry in Florida, and that is going to be our focus. That's awesome. You know, when I think of that, you know what I think of? What do you think? We had a lot of family in Georgia, so we would travel to Georgia all Mm -hmm. the time. And we always knew when we were home, when you saw the big welcome to Florida, free glass of orange juice. (laughs) And sometimes we'd even go to the welcome center and get a glass of free OJ. Isn't that awesome? That's what I think of Florida and citrus. So I think, and this goes back to, you know, my reclaiming our childhood because I kind of have a thing for that. But uh, (laughs) I loved those days. But, you know, we traveled through Florida a lot. We lived in the Keys, uh-huh. and we would come into Florida and not always travel the interstates um, because it was just, you know, easier and more direct maybe to some of the areas we were going to take some of, I guess, now what we would call, like, the back roads, mm-hmm. you know? The scenic but route. <laughs> the scenic route, it was definitely. But we rode through so many miles and miles of orange groves. And like you knew you were in Florida because the orange groves were there. And, you know, I even remember um, feeling like the devastation after some of the orange groves were destroyed in freezes. Mm -hmm. And we drove through and it looked dead. And it was just, you know, that's so sad because it was just a part of Florida to drive Mm -hmm. through and see 
all of the orange, you know, um, industry influence, the citrus industry influence. And even to the point, like you were talking about the, you know, welcome centers, Mm -hmm. but you would drive along some of those, um, highways through the orange groves and there were the stands where you could go. And we would always go when it was the, you know, season and pick up the fresh, um, citrus fruit. Mm -hmm. And there were places, there was one place that we stopped around Orlando usually, and it had the building was a big orange, yeah. You know? <laughs> and yep. so, like, the roadside architecture mm-hmm. due to the citrus industry in Florida was phenomenal. So, there was that one that was the big orange. and We have one here in yeah. Melbourne on US1. We have a little orange thing. Nobody's in it anymore. It's vacant. But it used to yeah. be, it had a window and you would go get orange drinks or they were like orange Julius drinks and stuff oh, like that. Oh, absolutely. And I remember the first time going to um, Walt Disney World. When my family went in the early 70s, it wasn't the first year it opened. Right. But one of my favorite things was the Enchanted Tiki Room. Mm -hmm. And outside, they had the Sunshine Terrace, and that's where the little orange bird was. And the orange bird was a Disney character. Right. But the history behind that was because the citrus industry uh, sponsored the Enchanted Tiki Room, so Disney created the Orange Bird. Yeah. And do you remember the commercials with the Orange Bird I at all? I vaguely do a little vaguely. bit. Vaguely. Mm-hmm. So, um, Anita Bryant was a singer. Uh-huh. And she and the little Orange Bird had oh. the ads, you know, and it was just, it was great uh, for the citrus industry. But, um, you know, and I remember we stopped at places where uh, this this place in particular is still standing, and I'll mention it a little bit later as a good place to go and kind of embrace that um, citrus industry some. But there was one that we would stop at in Dundee, and it was the candy factory. And oh. you could watch them in the window making the like, little citrus jelly candies, oh, and they packaged them all there and, and made them there. It was great. And so, but, you know, the citrus industry in Florida goes way back. Um Citrus was actually um, revered in cultures long before Florida, mm-hmm. even in ancient history. And it was considered even one of the um, primary foods of the ancient Greek and Roman gods. You know, so it was it was attributed with bringing happiness and health and wealth and all kinds of things. But then um, when... We, we really believe that when Christopher Columbus came to Florida in the 1490s, that um, he brought citrus with him. But it wasn't probably until um, our friend Ponce de Leon uh, came in to Florida in the, you know, 1500s and brought the citrus trees that we, you know, know the seeds that they would have brought with them. And there were even some planted around St. Augustine mm-hmm. at that time. But, you know, for years after that, you would find wild citrus trees just growing um, in Florida all across the state. And so, you know, the citrus industry um, developed over those years somewhat because there were, like I said, the wild trees growing. And it was, you know, people were beginning to discover what was good. But it was about a 400-year span before the citrus industry kind of became, you know, something Florida's to talk economy. about <laughs> and definitely before it became Florida's economy. But, you know, um, we, we know that uh, oranges were here and like I said, that they were, they were being grown in Florida in the early 1800s. But 
um, you know, grapefruit was the newcomer in the early 1800s. Uh-huh. So there were oranges around for a long time. But um, grapefruit was kind of introduced to Florida by a French count that came. And he actually planted the first grapefruit grove around Tampa. Oh, okay. And, yeah, so, you know, just that growth of citrus that continued to grow. And and then after um, the Civil War and the trains that were, you know, really being built throughout the country in the late 1800s is when the industry really started to flourish. People in the north northeast were seeing the, you know, not just that it was a refreshing fruit and that it was good, but that there were uh, health benefits yeah. to it as well. So it became more um, and more of a demand yeah. during that time. And so, you know, you went into the um, early 1900s and you just continued to see the growth of the citrus industry. And, you know, everything, it, it grew from, you know, like a million boxes that were being, you know, created and eventually up into the 1970s. Um 200 million Mm. boxes of fruit that was being created in Florida. And, you know, the impact that that had on Florida was, was noticeable, not Mm -hmm. just the economy. I mean, there were, of course, you know, thousands of people employed in the industry. Mm -hmm. So not just the economy, but like I said, you know, visually you came to Florida and you knew orange juice and oranges were associated with Florida. And then, um, you know, I think it's funny because one of the things that we used to always see, like, you remember the cans of Donald Duck yes. orange juice? <laughs> yes, I was just telling the, my kids about that the other day, that the funny? Donald Duck orange juice. Yeah. I think know, it's still a thing. Yeah, and I think that, you know, one of the things that we saw, I want to say that it was by the 1990s, maybe, maybe even, maybe even earlier than that, that like over 90% of what was being produced in Florida was going not out as fresh fruit, but out as concentrates. And that actually stemmed from, you know, the development of concentrated orange juice during World War II. They were trying to get uh, vitamin C through the battlefields to the troops. It made a huge impact. It made a huge impact on our economy. And, of course, then they marketed it. And, of course, after World War II, you start having all of the, you know, suburbs being built in the homes and, and frozen food, frozen right. dinners, everything else. So that concentrated, frozen concentrated orange juice became a very marketable item. And, you know, so growing up, that's what we had was mm-hmm. frozen orange juice. That, you know, and now I think back to, you know, my mom did not take fresh oranges and squeeze them. That was not what we typically well, did. We, we used did, the but you only get that so much, out, you know, only during the season. So we right. had a lot of frozen orange juice growing up as well because, yeah. you know, as Americans, other than Tang, mm-hmm. orange juice became the breakfast beverage. Oh, yeah. But you could only get the fresh stuff, which I totally remembered growing up on. My mom had, like, a professional squeezer. Oh, but yeah. you can only have that during the season. Yeah. During the winter season. So, oh, Yeah. And we just, you know, we loved it. And there were years that we just didn't have access to the groves. Right. um, Because we didn't live in that part of Florida. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was just, you know, those types of things that you really look back and you see the impact of the citrus industry. And, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, now what we see is that much of that land that was being used for groves um, was sold and it was bought and developed and, you know, some of the um, 
groves that you would have seen and traveled through, you know, are gone. Yeah. But there's still quite an influence of a citrus industry here in Florida. Oh, sure. Other than Brazil, Florida is the largest exporter of citrus in the world. So, you know, it still is an important um, economic product for Florida. I'm so happy because... Oranges are truly my favorite fruit. <laughs> so I'm so thankful. We live in I paradise. live in Florida. <laughs> and I paradise. love oranges. Right. And um, so there's a lot of things I've found, you know, as we study Florida history and as we study the citrus industry, especially, um, you know, like I mentioned before, there were the the freezes that, mm-hmm. that took out some of the groves um, during different times of the year. Every time the freezes came along, they kind of moved further south uh-huh. too because that was you know more of a subtropical uh, climate where there was less likelihood of freezing so you know in this central part of Florida um, we don't necessarily see as many you know citrus trees as we used to that doesn't mean they're not here it's right. just they've shifted but in our area in the central part of the state and actually in other parts of the state there are some great places that you can go mm-hmm. and see and learn about the citrus industry and how you know how it did have an impact. Um, there were some areas that you know had great um, collections of labels mm-hmm. from the citrus growers, and um, that was a whole industry there. And, and even the collection of those labels today is a huge industry. But um, you know we have. Um, several places that I would suggest going. One is the Vera Beach Indian River Citrus Museum. And um, that is in the Indian River area. Indian River was known for its um, citrus because um, it it actually survived several of the freezes. And, you know, um, some of the grafting and the the top working that you know is done today even to make the fruit hardy and to survive the freezes when they come was begun there yeah i would say definitely when i think of premier citrus i think of indian river citrus yep and so the reputation there um is kind of documented in that museum and and it's a great museum um also winter garden was a citrus town and you know it has a rich history there and there's a museum, um, a heritage museum there. Okay. And you can. That's one of the places I know you can see a great collection of the labels, the tools that were used, mm-hmm. um, many things that are interesting. And then um, there's a citrus museum. It's the only independently housed citrus museum in the state of Florida, but it's in Eustis. And Eustis was once actually known as the orange capital of the world. And again, they have a lot of items there related to just Mm -hmm. the citrus industry. Um, I mentioned Davidson of Dundee Mm -hmm. talking about the candy factory. Uh They still do their candy and make their stuff there. And if you call ahead um, to Davidson of Dundee and find out when they're operating, when the candy making is going on during uh-huh. the season you can still go in and tour the candy factory and watch them do oh, it oh that sounds like and a good homeschooling field trip. field trip it's a great field trip um and then there um is the iconic citrus tower in claremont mm-hmm. and that is a place that we're actually going to be going as one of our family meetups um for you know our florida history adventures family meetups 
Um, but the Florida Citrus Tower, it's in Claremont. And it was built, started being built in 1955. It opened in 1956. And it was 226 feet high. It was, in its time, among the most famous landmarks of the Orlando area. And, of course, we didn't have Walt Disney World in Orlando <laughs> at that Kingdom. point. No Magic Kingdom. But when you went to the top of the tower, which you still can go, when you went to the top of the tower, you could look out and just see miles and miles and miles of orange groves. And I remember that as a kid. Mm doing that and seeing that and it was just so impressive and it's not what you see now you will see the more developed land and the mm -hmm. towns that have grown up around it but it's a great experience just to go and see because in the windows uh, when you look out each direction mm -hmm. they actually have pictures of what it would have looked like when it oh. was you know um, so citrus. strong citrus yeah mm -hmm. in the area so it's a great trip and, and you know I would suggest going there with your kids and you know, taking the time to just let those area um, groves and stands. If you go to groves that are active today, they'll take you on tours mm -hmm. of the groves. They'll let you, some will let you pick your own fruit. Um, and there's just, you know, there's packing houses mm -hmm. you can still go to and tour. So you can, you know, pick the area closest to you and find one of those groves and um, take your kids. And it's just a really rich part of our Florida history that hopefully you will be inspired to dig into a little bit deeper. Yeah. So if you and your family are interested in digging deeper into studying the Florida citrus industry, I suggest looking up um, our Florida history bundle because we'll have a lot of resources there that yep. will be available. Um, some great videos, some uh, great book suggestions and locations where you can travel to. And remember as you are on your way, to doing these things that here at FPA, we want to be your Florida homeschooling connection for all of your homeschooling needs. And you can follow us on Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed our show and will join us next time for FPEA Connects. You can find us on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com. For more information about FPEA, visit us at our website, fpea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until next time, stay connected. <music>